Thanks for tuning in to Beyond the Bench. This is a podcast for athletic directors, coaches, and leaders, and it's done by three athletic directors from Iowa. I'm Todd Gordon from Greene County in Jefferson, and I'll be joined by Scott Jarvis from Ankeny Centennial and Aaron Stecker from Cedar Rapids Kennedy. If you have any questions or comments you'd like to leave us, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at beyondthebenchgls at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and let's get to today's podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Beyond the Bench. And um, we are live on a Sunday. Not much else to do. There's no live basketball. There's no, uh, you know, battles being for the Sweet 16. But we're going to talk some basketball today and talk leadership through basketball. This is uh, Season 2, Episode 13, as we continue on our journey. And uh, right now, I just want to take a moment and uh, thank our sponsor, Hometown Ticketing. Are you an AD interested in saving time or making your job a little less stressful? Are you looking for ways to improve the fan experience at your games? Well, we suggest you take a good look into hometown ticketing. And now is the time to do that. You've got time, ADs, to take a look at hometown ticketing. So give them a look. Hometown ticketing provides schools with everything needed to offer professional level online ticketing at absolutely no cost to your school or athletic program. Hometown Ticketing integrates industry-leading technology directly into your existing school or athletic website. This provides your fans with a simple and easy ticket-buying experience that takes them directly to your website. They don't have to create an account. They don't have a password. They don't have an app. From individual game tickets to customized season pass programs, our friends at Hometown Ticketing can customize an entire ticketing platform for your program. And the best part is, it doesn't cost your school or your athletic program anything to get started. So own your ticketing with Hometown Ticketing, the official ticketing partner of VNN Sports and the official partner of Beyond the Bench. Visit www.hometownticketing.com to enroll your school today. Again, that's www.hometownticketing.com. Thanks to Hometown Ticketing again for being one of the sponsors of Beyond the Bench. Well, we've got a great show today. We've, uh, we're excited about this uh, guest we have, and I'm going to turn it over to Aaron Stecker. Uh, Scott Jarvis is here too, but uh, Aaron, you're going to take and introduce us to our guest today. Well, thanks, Todd. Thanks to you guys for uh, being here today. Great to join you guys on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, super excited about our guest. Um, somebody I happened to run across um, by chance, I guess a bit, uh, I would say three years ago, uh, she's the head coach, head women's basketball coach at Marion University that is in Indianapolis, which is part of the uh, NAIA Division II level of college basketball. Um, and a uh, little bit about how we met up with Coach Gerald's, uh, Coach Katie Gerald's. Um, got a phone call, I want to say four years ago, but Katie, you may have to, to correct me on that. Um, they were on their way to the NAIA D2 uh, National Tournament, which is up in Sioux City uh, every year. And uh, they usually get to the Cedar Rapids area and stop. And 
they, they were planning on going to Mount Mercy University here in Cedar Rapids for a practice, and that wasn't going to work out, and so they are looking for a gym to practice in. And uh, Coach Gerald's contacted me, and it worked out on a Saturday on their way through town to uh, stop by the gym and get a workout in on their way up to the national tournament. And just thoroughly enjoyed watching their team practice, um, getting to know their coaching staff and their kids while they were there. And uh, it's worked out several more times since then. Every March on their way to the national tournament, uh, Coach Gerald's and the team have stopped by. So, uh, Coach, good to have you with us. Um, thanks for joining us today. I've been waiting for about a year to get you on the podcast. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Um, I think you you pretty much said it right. Uh, we were trying to get to Mount Mercy. Um, couldn't send you an email. You replied immediately. We connected, um, and uh, the rest is pretty much history. We, uh, we had won the, the national championship in 16 and knew we needed to stop because I'm a little superstitious um, <laughs> in Cedar Rapids. So... Uh, when you reached out and we, we want to get in 17, we just felt like we weren't going to screw that up. We we're going to find a way to, to get back there and practice at your gym um, every every trip out to Sioux City. Uh, you guys will always be welcome to come in. Like I said, it's just a, a great time to watch you uh, uh, watch you work with your team um, and watch your coaches work with your team the past few years. And, and then just follow you guys on Twitter and follow your journey. I've I just followed that tournament now each year um, with that. So. I'm going to run down a quick bio for you. I don't want to steal your thunder because we're going to ask you share to share with us your journey. But uh, at the same time, uh, I want to just get get to know you a little bit and let folks know kind of where you're coming from. So you grew up in Indiana, Beach Grove High School uh, there in Indiana. How big a school is that, Coach? Um, we graduated 126. Uh, so we were a small 3A school. Um, we went, we, now we're a little bit bigger, but back then it was, it was I think we graduated 126 in our class. Which, which makes this even more impressive to me. You were the 2003 Indiana Miss Basketball, McDonald's All-American, actually the uh, MVP, if I think I read that right, of the, of the McDonald's All-American basketball game. Went on to play at Purdue. Um, I think I read you were, you were tied for, uh, as you left there, you were tied for a single-season scoring record at Purdue, scoring 707 points your senior season. Played a couple years professionally as well. You were the seventh draft pick uh, with Seattle in the WNBA. Played a couple years there. Played a few a few years uh, across the pond over in Europe, and you've been at Marion now for seven years. Um, so that's just giving our, our, our listeners just a quick background of where you grew up and, and how you got to Marion. But we'd love to hear your side of the story, just your journey um, along the way to get to where you're at now. Yeah, um, that's, that's pretty much it. Pretty much it in a nutshell. Um, small town, uh, grew up, didn't have a basketball goal in, in my in my house until I was a freshman in high school. Uh, we had a little six foot goal in my driveway, uh, in the garage, and just learned how to dribble. Um, my first three years, we don't win a, a, a you know a tournament a tournament game. My senior year, we go all the way to the state championship um, and win it. Go to Purdue, have have a pretty good career at Purdue. Uh, we, made, we made it to a couple of Ubi dates, uh, won some Big Ten tournaments. Never won a regular season, but but had a pretty good run at it. Um, there's only six numbers hanging um, in, in Purdue in the Purdue gym at Mackey on the women's side, and I'm one of those, so I feel wow. really grateful for that. Wow. You um, played three years in the Seattle for the Seattle Storm in the WNBA. Um, played with Sue Bird, Lauren Jackson, Cheryl Swoops, just legends of the game. Um, so I've been really, really blessed. Uh, played seven years over in Europe. Um, started in Slovakia, played about three years in Greece. 
Uh, played a couple years in Spain and a year in Portugal. Um, one year over there, I blew my knee out in Greece and just never really got back to the level I needed to get to, to, to play here in the WNBA. Just the athleticism was just crazy out, outrageous and not really what my game was about. Uh, 28 years old, finished my last year in Portugal, um, getting ready to sign to go back over to the Ukraine um, and play another year. And the, the job came open here at Marion. Um, never coached a day in my life. I'm 28 years old. I was like, okay, I'll just go for the experience of getting an interview because I think this is what I want to do. And seven hours later after leaving the interview, I call my mom and I think, hey, I think this this athletic director, I don't know how smart he is, but I think he's going to also do this job. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, if it, if it wasn't in Indianapolis, I probably don't go for the job. Uh, but it's my hometown. I had been away for a while, um, you know, and – my boss, Steve Downey, he played for, for Bobby Knight at IU um, with George McGinnis and played in the NBA. And I don't know what, what I did in that interview to, to sell it, but uh, but it's worked out pretty well for the both of us. And uh, here we are, you know, seven years later, um, you know, I'm still trying to trying to fake it uh, and, and really pretend that I know what's going on. Uh, but truth is, you get good players, they, they, make, they make coaches look really good. Yeah. Well, that is true. That is true. Um, you're being humble, so I, I, and I knew you would be a little bit. So it's working out really well for your AD. So while you've been at Marion, uh, for our listeners, um, so first season there, you went 16 and 16. Since that time, in the six years since, you are 185 and 28 uh, for an overall record of 201 and 44 at Marion. And like, and, and listeners, she said it. She didn't coach a lick of basketball until she started coaching basketball there at Marion. Uh, although I'm thinking you coached a little bit along the way as a, as a team leader. I'm just just guessing. Um, they've won five straight Crossroads Conference championships. They've been at the NAIA, NAIA D2 National Tournament six straight years. Um, you alluded to that already. They've won uh, two NCAA titles, 2016-2017, uh, back-to-back years, and went into this year's tournament um, would you have been the two number two overall seed, ranked second going into it? Um, yeah, right behind, right behind Concordia, Nebraska. They were number one, and we were yep. number two in the country. Yep. And it was just announced this week that uh, Coach Gerald's for her third time as the NAIA National Coach of the Year. So, yeah, your AD hit a home run. One of these years, maybe <laughs> we can do the same. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've had a we've had a really good run. And I say all that, and I'm not trying to put you in a spot of embarrassment because I've had a couple of conversations with you, and I know your coaching is about way more than that. Those things I just talked about are a byproduct of what I've seen in the in just the short um, visits we've had and, and the coaching I've seen. Uh, and I'm anxious to unpack some of that today and just talk about kind of how you developed your leadership style, your philosophy, how you coach, how you develop players and coaches and things like that. So we're going to get into that stuff later on, but Todd, let's roll into, uh, before we do that, let's roll into we're going to do a what's up today Todd I'll let you kick that off yeah you know we we debated because those of you that listen to the show know that you know we give Aaron a chance to have one answer and he he usually wants two or three you know and that's being fair I'm telling the truth Katie that's the truth all right but that's all right that's who Aaron is and we love Aaron for who he is hold on so let's let's be honest why are we? We know why we're not doing it down today. You're in quarantine. You haven't been driving anywhere, Tyler. <laughs> you had no place to drive. I am. I'm driving to Des Moines after this. We're gonna go get ice cream with my grandkids, and we're gonna sit six, ten feet apart 
in a parking lot and eat ice cream. But there you go. anyway, so I'll have something next week. No. Right. So anyway, um, I just figure we need an up. You know, we got enough downs. All you got to do is turn the TV on. And I, people, turn the TV off. Quit watching the news. Get your from reliable sources. And, um, you know, anyway, I won't get on that high horse. But I think we need some ups. Okay? Um, so we'll all do an up. And I'll start. And then we'll go, Scott, Katie, you get a hit third. That's where we put our best hitter is third. So you're third. And then Aaron will hit cleanup because that's what Aaron does. So anyway, I just a, – a couple things. I think number one, and it's kind of prefaced by this, um, our good friend Dr. Chris Hobbs down in Florida yesterday wrote a great article. And uh, it's basically entitled Don't Waste a Tragedy. Um, and uh, I just got off – of an hour and a half Facebook Live with John Maxwell. Um, just more notes than I could take, but it, just a fantastic. He's doing one the next two days, in fact. Uh, live, 12 p.m. Uh, Central Time. And uh, so it, it's something to, to be on if you're interested in that. But anyway, he talked about a crisis. And again, you don't waste a tragedy. You don't waste a crisis. And I think all the learning that we can do right now, the opportunities that we have, um, the leaders out there who are offering their services, offering their insights for free right now, uh, just to try and keep us together. Um, I, th I think a good point that he made was, you know, we, we're not going to have the same normal. It's going to be different when we come back. When we all get to go back and do what we do, it's going to be different. Um, so I, I think I just... I'm really encouraged by the opportunities that we have right now to grow um, and to do things that we wouldn't normally have. And with that, you know, we're slowing down a little bit. We're spending time with family, all those things. But um, people take the time to grow, take advantage of the opportunities uh, that we have right now to be better when we come out on the other side of this. Scott, what do you got? probably echo some of the things that you said. I just have really enjoyed uh, over this last week, the Zoom meetings that we've been a part of. Um, just our little happy hour yesterday with Todd and, and Rob and Aaron was great. Um, and, I, and I would just echo what you just said, Todd, is just that opportunity to learn. You know, I've been digging into our 3D uh, coaching, um, which has been great and taking tons of notes. Um, I've had the opportunity so Todd shared a, a TED talk with us yesterday. So I kind of been digging into my old TED talks and just watching those and taking notes. So, um, and then again, just like you said too, Todd, it's spending time with family. Um, it was so awesome just to be able to go to the, to the stadium the other day and kick a soccer ball around with my daughter, uh, go out in the driveway and shoot baskets. Um, as ADs, we do not get to do that enough. So I really just enjoyed that. So mm -hmm. it's that's been my own. Very good. Katie, what about you? What's up for you? Um, you know, I'm going to piggyback off of a little bit of what you both said there. Um, first with you, Todd, uh, I think here in the U.S., we just live so fast, right? We're in a hurry all the time, whether it's going through a drive through or, you know, the, the nine to five hours. When I had a chance to live in Europe and, and just really, like, really enjoy and just slow down and live life, I think that's what this is reminding me of right now. Um, I, I was, I went over to my, my mom calls me. She lives 20 minutes from my house and my mom's like, okay, we have, 
I cut up some a fruit salad. I said, okay, I'm on my way to get it. And then I sit down and have dinner with them. And then my aunt and my, my uncle come over, my brother or my sister and her kids. And we just sit there and, and enjoy life. And, you know, he, we're under the, the, the limit of 10. So 10 people in the house is, is what we have. But it's just the, the opportunity to, to sit down and be around the people that you love the most. Um, you know, and, and there's so many unknowns of what we're getting ready to go into. And it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. Um, but the opportunity to, to have talks like this, um, to, to, you know, whether you're FaceTiming or, or getting on a Google Duo with your family and just be able to, to actually learn each other more instead of, instead of being on, in, on the go. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's what this is giving me an opportunity to, as a coach, and, and I'm sure as athletic directors, you're always on the go. And like you just said, to, to be able to go to the field and kick a ball with your sock, you know, kick a ball with your kid. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting on my front porch or, you know, in my driveway the other day and my neighbors are out walking their dogs and to, to say hi to them. I, I, when I grew up, that's how we, you know, we sat on the front porch and everybody walked by and everybody talked. And now I've lived in my house three or four years and I don't know everybody in my neighborhood. And I think that's, I, I, I don't like that. You know, it's not the way I grew up. And now I, I'm in my front, in my driveway, um, just enjoying the sun and na- neighbors are walking by and the opportunity just to, to chat with them and try to make people smile. I think that that's that's an opportunity we cannot afford to waste um, in in the time that we're going through right now. Stuff. Mm-hmm. Well said. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm gonna uh, along the same lines. I agree with everything you guys are talking about. So, Todd, does that count as one thing? If I say I agree with everything, is that one topic or, or one? Aaron, there, there's no limits right now, man. Take it. You got. You can have three today. I just want to stay within your limitations. I don't want, uh, um, but, you know, actually, I was out on a, uh, um, out of my run yesterday, I started listening to uh, Josh Medcast's book, um, Pound the Stone, which uh, I want to get back into that book because um, I want to do that as a book study. That's my challenge to, to, to connect with our kids if they're interested. I, I may not have any students or any athletes at Kennedy want to take me up on it, um, but I'll start pushing out here this week the opportunity for them to join me in a book study. And so I've got that on audiobook. So I'm on my run yesterday listening to that book and just reminded so quickly of why I love that book and the lessons that are in that book. Um, if you've never read that, fantastic read um, and great lessons in there. But I'm just excited. So this morning I spent some time kind of re-listening to the first 10 chapters I had listened to yesterday on the run and, and taking notes of my discussion questions and things like that. I'm just really excited to figure out how to roll this out to uh, to students at Kennedy, if it's something that they want to take advantage of um, here and just connect and give them something to grow, uh, a way to grow, I guess, um, mentally um, in, in the next few weeks while we can't get together and do it face-to-face. So, and then and then grow myself. I, I think one thing, uh, you know, Todd, you say we'll never go back to the same thing again. I think we're going to find so many different ways to connect with one another that we yeah. have just haven't been forced to use and now we're going to be forced to use it and we'll get better at it and, and find new ways down the road to keep using it that just enhance what we are already doing. So I'm looking forward to that. Correct. Very good. So. Yeah. So, um, you know, now we're going to dig in with Katie. Uh, we're going to get to the meat, meat of the matter. And uh, I think Aaron, you're going to start us off with some questions there. Well, like I said, I, um, I actually talked to Katie about this about a year ago when they when they stopped by and, and at Kennedy were practicing as, and she's like, man, this is so great. You do this. 
Canada Repay for it. And I said, well, you know, actually, we're getting going on this podcast. And, and sometime <laughs> I'd love to have you on the podcast with us because I just think in, in watching you do what you do, you've got a lot to offer to us. So I um, want to dig into some of that. But we'll start with current events because I know this has been a tough couple weeks for you, for your coaching staff, uh, for your kids. Um, and you've joined all the other athletes out there in, in, in the winter sports and in the spring sports at NCAA level. So, so you guys go out to Sioux City. Uh, you're the two seed overall. You're 30 and three conference champs, ranked number two in the country. Um, you guys are a legitimate contender again to win a national title out there. Um, you play a first round game. Uh, looked like you rolled over. Is it Voorhees out of South Carolina? Um, playing well. Set things look like going to set up well for you to make a nice run. And then COVID-19 gets real serious and the tournament gets pulled out from underneath you. Um, two sides to this question for you, just talk about how you guys have managed that one for you. How have you managed your team, uh, your kids? How did you lead your kids and your coaching staff through that while at the same time um, managing personally for you what that did to you um, to have all your work and all your effort? I mean, I can't imagine how difficult that was. Yeah, um, I think well, the the first the first thing I learned was when I when we learned about it, um, I knew I needed to tell my team before they found out on social media. Uh, we had a film session planned for twelve fifteen, and then we were gonna head to practice to get ready for our next opponent. And it came out about I don't know eleven forty five or so. I got word and. So we'd go down the hallway and knock on everybody's doors, um, wake them up from their nap or whatever they were doing and tell them, you know, you have 30 seconds to get to my room. Um, I, I felt, I just felt like I owed it to them uh, to, to be the one to tell them. Um, they all came in, you know, they, they think they're in trouble because, you know, they had, yeah. we were at breakfast in the morning and, you know, the power fives hadn't started shutting anything down yet. So they hadn't really got word um, what was going to happen. Um, so I just, you know, I just, I told him, I, you know, before, before they come in, I told my staff, I was like, you know, forget how we feel right now. We've got to make sure they're okay. And I just, from the, you know, from the go is just, Hey guys, they got to cancel the tournament. Um, and of course, you know, I think anger was the first reaction from all my team. You know, we're already here. We've already played each other. You know, why, why do we have to leave? We're, we're all, we're all, we were all next to each other last night, the parade and the banquet. Like, why do we, why? Um, you know, and, and I just told them that we kind of just have exhausted all options, you know, playing without people, uh, playing just us. Um, but the, the seriousness of the events that were happening were, you know, not something that we could take lightly. Um, I told them that in my whole heart, I believe that they were going to win the national championship. Um, and that's not something I would tell them. Norm I, normally, I tell them how bad they are, you know, that, that <laughs> just try is because they are, they were really, really good. This is one of our... This is this was probably one of our best teams. Um, 2017 was a, a really good team we had, but I would say that this team we had was going to give could give 17 a run for the money. Um, but just making sure that that I was there for them, really the the seniors that just got everything ripped out from underneath them. Um, I think the biggest thing we said was you know everything that we had worked for was for nothing, and just trying to figure out. How, how we made everything that we worked out, what we worked for, for something. Um, you know, teams maybe across the country that, you know, they, they work to, to win 15 games or 20 games or to win their conference tournament or the regular season, but we worked the entire year to, to win a national championship. 
in the year before we had lost and we had gotten upset. We got upset in the first round of the national tournament. So this was this whole year long process of us. How do we get back there and be, make sure we play in our best ball? And as a competitor to not have the opportunity to compete and just get it like just ripped out from under you was probably the hardest thing for all of us to swallow. Um, easily the most difficult conversation I've ever had with my team. Uh, worse than worse than the thing when we get upset in the first round because you, you had a chance, right? You had a chance to, to win or lose a game. And for us, when we didn't even have a chance, um, just felt like like everything we had worked for was for was for nothing. Um, and we just, you know, I, I let them go their own way. Then we came back together. We had a team meal and just kind of like just sat down and talked like and, and reminisced on, on how we grew as a team, how we grew individually on the court, off the court, um, and how we can use this year to, to make sure we truly understand that you never know when it's going to be your last. Um, you know, as coaches, we talk about it all the time. You never know what, you know, whether an injury or something's going to happen. You have to play every day as, it's your, as if it's your last day. And this just goes to show, you know, as a coach or, or anybody in life, really, like, you never know what, what God has in store for you the next day. And to, to, to truly just grab onto the moment and the opportunities that we have um, in life and sports, but, but mostly in life in general, I think that was probably the biggest lesson we, we tried to, to convey to our kids. Like I said, can't imagine that. Um, but on that, um, I want to follow up on that before Todd gets on the next question. Just, um, had you planned on giving them the time and the space? Was that intentional, or that's something you felt in the moment? Because I think that was super smart to give them space to go be angry and mad and frustrated before that reflection conversation. Yeah, I think it was probably a little bit selfish at the time because I think I needed it, um, but. Then, you know, just seeing the, the hurt and the anger in their eyes um, and then trying to be strong enough to hold them up through it. I, I In the moment, I wasn't, and I knew I needed some time to, to kind of get away. And Because I, did, I knew I needed to, to be more positive and, and be reflective in the moment as opposed to hold on and just be angry and bitter that I needed some time. You know, it, oftentimes in life, it's, it's good to kind of like sit back and, you know, take a minute before you really do get into something. I, um, I, I try like the best way at, at the end of every game going in, whether we lose or we win, I tr it's, we go in, we say, okay, we competed hard, whatever we pray. And then the next day we talk about it. Right. Cause if I go in there angry or upset, chances are maybe I'm going to say something that I don't mean or that, you know, that's going to be taken out of context. So let's sit back and, and really reflect um, in our own way and then come together um, when we've, when we've all had, it, had some time to digest it in our own, in our own life. Thanks for sharing that. I know that wasn't necessarily probably easy to talk about, but thanks for sharing that with us. Oh, for sure. Coach, this is Scott. Um, you've had success at every level, high school, college, professional player, college coach, what do you really feel are the skill sets that you would say are common threads that you've led to your success in each of these arenas of competition? Uh, I think whether you're, whether as an athlete, um, 
or, or as a coach. I think it's relationships. I think that's, I think that, I mean, as a player, whether you're the best player on the team, and obviously most oftentimes I was, it, it was my job to build relationships with my teammates um, to help build them up, to bring out the best of them. Whether it was the second best player on the team or the last player on the bench or the manager, it's my, it was my job and my duty as the best player or the captain and now as the coach to help bring everybody together and make sure everybody understood that their role is just as valuable, whether you're the one taking 20 shots or you're the one that just is, you know, handing coach your marker or filling up the water bottles, your role is important to, to success of, of our team. And I think I learned that at, at an early age. I think my, my sophomore year of high school, I had a, I had a bad game. And um, I think my, my assistant coach at the time was like, Katie, you got to learn to trust your teammates. Um, when you do that, um, they're going to trust you even more. And I think that it, it's not X's and O's as a coach. It's not, it's not game plan. It is making sure that your kids will, will run through a wall for you because they know you're willing to do the same. Um, and, and when, when, when I realized that no matter how hard I worked, my kids needed to trust me that I was, that I was giving them everything and, and I wasn't going to lie to them. When, when they're bad, I tell them they're bad. When they're good, I tell them they're good. I, there's no, there's no, there's no gray. It's black and white. And uh, because of the honesty, you know, I've, I've learned their, I've earned their trust and, and their respect. And um, they know that I'm not lying. And, you know, whatever, whatever I say, it's probably going to work um, because, you know, because I've been there and, 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 and we've all been through it together, really. Thank you. Katie, the, you know, we talked about, you know, what leads to success. Now let's just turn to sustaining that success. You know, you've seven seasons at Marion, um, talked about your record, 201 and 44, outstanding. National tournaments, six straight seasons, two national titles. Um, you know, you've built success there now. And obviously, you know, you're going to attract talent. People are going to come in. They want to be a part of the program. It re starts to recruit itself, I'm sure. You still got to be out there uh, doing what you do, and you're a big part of that. But how do you sustain that success? Um, what are some keys that you've learned along the way that are going to help you sustain the success at Marion? Um, I think getting people that fit your culture. It's hard to, to all the time mold people to fit who you want them to be. But as, as you're recruiting, um, it's not necessarily, hey, I want that kid. She's the most talented. It is. Hey, did that kid sprint to pick up her teammate? Hey, did that kid jog off the floor? Hey, did, did that kid acknowledge somebody making a, a you know a play? Um, obviously, you know you want to, you want talented players, but you got to have kids that fit in, and fit into your culture. We don't have we don't have the most talented players. I know that without a doubt, but we have the best culture kids for our team, um, and they just buy into, hey, we're gonna go nine or ten deep. I'm gonna give you every everything I have. Um, because I know the person behind me is going to do the same thing. Um, whether I play 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, it doesn't matter. Um, I think I was watching a, a clip on Gino the other day and he was talking about, you know, how does he go out and recruit? And it's just it, body language, you know, body language screams everything. And it's something I, I, I say to our kids all the time, you know, fix your face, you know, mm -hmm. because 
you know, probably they get tired of hearing it from me, but I tell them all the time, if, if, if they were to look at me on the bench and I had this sour face, you know, this sour look on my face, how would they play hard for me? Would they respect what I was saying? But now if I've, you know, if I've got this calm, cool collective and I'm appreciating, you know, somebody setting a screen or somebody jumping on the floor for a loose ball, um, you know, then, then they're going to continue to do it. So it's, it's, it's really about just trying to find the kids that um, are going to fit uh, the culture and not necessarily you have to mold them into to being that one. Uh, you know, we've, we've been really fortunate to have some good kids. And, you know, in this past year, we, we needed to, at one time we were seven and two and we sat down and we talked and, you know, the rest of the year we only lose one game and it was a, just a, a really bad game for us. But it was, hey, this is, this is just who we are, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to win and we're not going to win pretty, but we're going to find a way to outwork you. Um, and you might hang around for the first half, but come third, fourth quarter, we're going to keep going. Um, and, it, and it's just, just strictly hard work, and, and the culture that we've built has, has allowed us to sustain um, really being on top. And winning five titles um, in a row in the Crossroads League is not easy. <laughs> you know, it, winning one was not easy, but now every, you get everybody's best shot. And uh, I think just getting the competitors that welcome that challenge um, has, has made it fun for us. Great stuff. I'll follow up with one thing. I I just came across this yesterday, watching an interview with Bill Belichick. And he talked directly to the point you just made. He said, they asked him, you know, what are some leadership mistakes that you've made? He said, at times, I probably relied too much on the most talented people. And he said, the key is, is to count on your most dependable people. Just kind of goes to your point of recruiting to your culture. And yeah, May not, sure. may not be the most yeah. talented, but it's the people you can count on. Yeah, and, you know, you probably, coaches say that all the time. Like, if, if I can't trust you, I'm not going to play you. If you don't do the job on the court, in the weight room, in the classroom, you know, if you're not, to your point, if, you, if I can't depend on you, I'm, I don't care how talented you are, I'm going to find a way to win with the people I can depend on. And obviously, Bill Belichick has, has done that better than, better than most. I should have used my Bill 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 Chuck Morris and just talked real little like this and made you try to figure out what I was saying. Katie, we're gonna you kinda of talked about this a little bit, but I wanted to touch on um, uh, one of the things that we and I think high school coaches really struggle with is not struggle with, but have to, it, it's something we have to deal with is the idea of being recruited, high school kids, and, and I'm being recruited by or want to be recruited by. I want to play college basketball, uh, college fill in the blank. I'm going to play at the next level. And it's a um, constant conversation we have to be having with our kids. Um, so as ADs, I guess, um, we're trying to always work with our coaches and work with our kids on understanding, well, what, what are coaches looking for? Um what is going to catch their eye and give you an opportunity to be recruited to go play at that next level if that's really what you want to go do. You talked a bit about what you're looking for for um, players to come to Marion and play for you. Um, but if you maybe a few more things there. And then just advice that you might have for young athletes that we as ADs can use and talk with our coaches about and talk to kids about, about what, what is the best way for them to get recognized and get noticed and, and get the opportunity um, to, to play at the next level um, if the skills are also there. Right. Um, obviously, skill set is important. Um, you got to be, for us, you know, you, you got to have kids who can dribble and shoot and, and make plays. Um, but 
to my point before, the first thing we look at is, is this kid playing hard? Is this kid competing? Is, and especially nowadays when we're out recruiting, is this kid really, truly upset that the team lost? You know, we go out recruiting and we're watching, you know, one kid play four or five games a day and did losing upset them, right? What was, did that matter? Um, I think we're in this world where everybody is supposed to win and it doesn't matter. And, you know, you you just kind of get these spoon fed generation athletes that, um, that that handed a trophy because they competed, you know, you know, I think growing up, if I would have got a trophy for competing, well, I, I don't know. My mom and dad probably would have thrown it in the trash. I would have thrown it in the trash. Mm-hmm. Right? I, if I didn't win, I don't want it. Uh, and I think that's that's a big thing. Like, how hard did the kid truly want to win for the team? Not just for himself, but for herself, but for the team. Um, and, and I think that's the biggest thing for us as we as we look. Um, like I said, skill set is important. You know, your speed, your athleticism. Um, your height, you know, sometimes you just look at a body and say, okay, yeah, that's, that's the body that we can shape and mold. Um, but, but really it's how, how bad, what's, what's the hunger inside the kid? Um, if, if if we're going to recruit a kid to a winning culture and we just watched him lose four games in one day and it didn't seem to bother her, that's not, you know, that's, I want somebody who's going to be kind of ticked off if, you know, if the team loses. Um, I think the biggest thing for us is when I played, if you lost, you went home. Now you just get to play. You get to play. You get to play. It doesn't matter win or lose. So I think that's a, that's a huge thing. Um, as administrators, as, co- as high school coaches, when you have kids that are that talented, um, yeah, I think it's because it's, who knows what's, you know, what their parents are doing or their – grandma is telling him their aunt like it's it's probably you know administrators or high school coaches job to to teach them that hey these these coaches want to see how bad you want it right like that's 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 the biggest thing the attitude and it's okay to have a little bit of swagger um when you walk on the court um and just and just make sure you're you're there for your teammate and, and compete to win um there's so many different tournaments you know as many as you can be in you know it's not necessarily the, the pay the most money to go watch, you know, to go watch or to get your kid into it, but just making sure um, they're in enough that they're going to get seen. Um, we're all over the place the entire summer. So, you know, chances are they're, they're going to get seen. Um, I like, I don't, I get letters from or emails from dads and moms. <coughs> not great. I, I, I want a letter from a kid or from a high school coach or from, an, from somebody in administration to, to really tell me how this kid is. Phone calls are way better than emails um, because it, it's, it shows somebody who's gonna kind of put in that extra work. Um, you know, emails can kind of get, you know, put, put into spam or, you know, just kind of overlooked because we get such a high volume. So I, I would say phone calls are way better um, when, you're, when you're really trying to help a kid out. I want to spin off that a bit. Um, one of the one of the things I guess I've noticed in following uh, Marion basketball, and therefore I, I see like the other the other Marion athletics and things like that off your Twitter feed and things like that. Um, volleyball team, if I remember right, won a national championship this fall. Yep. 
football team had a, didn't they have a solid year? Uh, so yeah, runner up to Morningside this that's time. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, men's basketball team was lights out this Final year too. Final four last year, yeah. Yep. They were, yep. Um, it appears like you guys have built a multi-sport culture um, there at Marion as well, where everybody's just feeding off everybody else's success. Mm-hmm. Is, is that something you guys kind of look for as well uh, when you're looking for kids to fit your program and things like that? How does that play into it for you? Yeah, I, well, you know, that's something I want to say, too, about uh, I want, I'm recruiting a kid that doesn't just play basketball, right? I want a kid that plays soccer or softball or runs track. I want a kid that's played multi-sports multi and not just, you know, I grew up playing three or four sports, um, played three sports in high school. Coaches want kids that play multi-sports, um, that are involved in a lot of things, Um you know, whether it's club or AAU or, you know, school ball, we want kids that can kind of like do a lot of different things, not just, hey, I'm going to just focus on basketball. Obviously, there's that one or two special kid that can probably do that, but but not at our level. And I think, you know, I've read multiple, um, multiple articles where kids want these multi-athlete kids to, to come and play for them. Um, but, gosh, you know, our, the culture that, that – the athletic director has built at Marion, it's, and, and he lives by this, and, he, and I remember him saying it when he offered me the job, I'm not going to be put pressure on you to win. I want your kids, I want your teams to be hard to beat, right? There's no pressure to win, right? Obviously winning is great, but if you compete and your kids compete enough that they are so hard to beat, that in turn takes care of winning. Um, because you're playing, you're playing the game hard and the right way. And I mean, soccer. Our women's soccer team was runner-up national champions. Volleyball was national champion. Football is runner-up. Last year, our softball team goes 50 and 0 before they lose in the World Series. Um, just the culture that we that that he's created. That you know, we're just going to be hard to beat. Um, and and when you do that, you get that figured out. You just play hard. And and I tell my kids this all the time. Basketball respects playing hard. Right. If you don't compete hard, if you don't work hard every day, then basketball is not going to, it's not going to, you're not going to get its respect. But if you compete hard and, and you know, basketball is going to reward you um, when you treat it the right way. And I think that can be said about, about any sport, really. Uh-huh. Thank you. Um, as ADs, we are always looking for ways to, for our coaches to maximize your players' potential. What are you feel are some key components your player development in your program a lot of film watching um you know i you know i think we we have obviously we have a full-time assistant and then we have another part-time assistant that work individually with different you know our my my one assistant works with post players brings them in watches film with them you know because it's not so much always this the pounding and the you know the running and the skill work but actually showing them that tape doesn't lie Let's let's watch what's going on here in film and, and um, see you know what what tell me what you were thinking. That's a question we all, we often ask. Them. Tell me what you saw. Um, tell me why you made this play. Explain to me what you were thinking instead of just saying, "Hey, you need to do this here or you need to do that." But tell but really truly tell me why you made that play or why you thought that one was right. Because maybe maybe it's the right answer. Maybe just you know something else happened and. And so making sure we're on the same page, and I think that gets that gets done in film a lot. Um, and and then I think it just goes back to I, I I will beat it until 
you know, beat a dead horse with it, but trust, you know, once your kids truly trust you as coaches, um, you know, and coaches as coaches trusting their athletic director, I, I trust my athletic director that he's going to allow me to do what I want to do um, because I know he's, he's working his tail off for us. Um, and then it just, you know, this domino effect that I've got to get my kids to, to trust uh, and, and just to, to buy in everything we're saying. Thank you. For sure. Well, let's go to staff development now and the people that you lead in your staff. Um, what are some things you found effective in developing the leadership capacity of your staff? Um, well, the first year we're 16 and 16. That completely my fault. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to lead a staff. I didn't. I wanted to do everything. I wanted to do the buses. I wanted to do the hotels. I wanted to do the food and I shut them out. And so in the middle of practice or a game, when I need help, they don't, they don't know what's going on. Um, so I think me, you know, the, we're 16 and 16 and my staff sits down with me at the end of the year and I'm, what can I do to get better? What do I have to do? And Katie, you have to trust us. Oh. You have to, you have to give us something. Um, and I think the next year we go 28 and six. You know, and, and just that ability for me to learn to delegate other responsibilities. Um, I think that was in, in me learning how to grow the staff and, and to, to kind of maybe just slow down as a coach, because I, I basketball mind, it just works that way. I wasn't ever the fastest or the, you know, the strongest on the court, couldn't jump the highest, but I always felt like I could see it two or three plays ahead. And I just assumed that everybody, whether it was players or staff, was on the same page as me. Um, and not everybody, no, not everybody works the same way. Not everybody processes processes things the same way. Um, you know, some people are visual learners. Some people need um, need to actually like write it down. You know, just me learning how to work with them and, and just trusting them. Hey, you're in charge of this. You know, you've got post players. You've got guards. I'm gonna sit back and I'm gonna. I'm going to take care of the entire team. You're going to run the defense today. You're going to run the offense today. Um, and I think once I learned to, to trust them, the kids on our team learned to trust them more because they could see that, hey, whatever they were saying, it was probably coming from my mouth. Um, you know, we often we meet uh, once a week at the beginning of, on Mondays, and it's just tell me what I did last week that I need to do differently this week, or what did I do last week. Um, that we need to continue to do as a team or as a staff. Um, and that, that's not something we did the first couple of years, but now it's just, you know, now it's just, hey, every Monday, 11 o'clock, we're meeting and you're going to tell me where I messed up because I'm not perfect. And while I think I'm perfect, it's their job to challenge me and call me out. And I think once I learned to give them that much responsibility, our team has just grown and grown. Mm-hmm. Well, you've obviously worked with and you've been coached by some great coaches. And uh, so what are some traits and skills of leaders that you've worked with uh, that you've seen in them that helped to breed success? Wow. Um, wow. I think the relationships that I I was allowed to have with my coaches has allowed me to have the same relationship with the players now. Um, I, because I was 
I mean, the captain on the team or the best player or whatever it was. Um, I always felt like I had this like closer bond, you know, um, with my coach. And during the middle of a game, I always felt like I had the right to go put my arm around him and say, hey, I see this. Let's try this. You know, and they gave me that. They, they trusted me with it. And I think I'm learning to do that as I, as I grow here with all of my players differently. Obviously, my point guard is my most important player. We talk, we talk about it. There are, there are three people that can't have a bad day. Your head coach can't have a bad day. Your point guard can't have a day, a bad day. And your best player can't have a bad day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what we, we talk about. Um, everybody else is allowed to have a bad day. It's our job to make sure we pick them up. Um, but when, because coaches, because my coaches allowed me to do that with them, I became, you know, more willing to, to talk to my point guard or to, Hey, tell me what you see. Um, and, and I think just our relationship has, my relationship with my point guards have been incredible. You know, our, our point guard this year was a second team all American, um, in 17, she, our point guard, uh, was national player of the year in the tournament. So just that's, you know, that's, that's, that's your quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, oh gosh, I think I played for some of the best basketball minds I've had, there are in the country. Um, uh, I played for Christy Curry, who's at Alabama, and Sharon Burson, who's at Purdue now. Um, but when I was in the WNBA, I played for Brian Agler, who worked with Greg Popovich uh, with the San Antonio Spurs. And the the X's and O's behind the game. If you watch our game, it is you. I mean, you can see San Antonio Spurs in our yeah. game. You can see this European flair in our game. Um, actually, I think I'm getting ready to do this, you know, this podcast for a bunch of uh, coaches across the country. And they asked me, and I've asked them, what would you want to hear from us about our team? And it's that European San Antonio flair that you have. Because um, the, the European game is different. Uh, than, than the American game. And I think that's probably the biggest influence at, in me as a coach is trying to trying to teach um, kids really, truly how to play the game and not just, hey, we're going to run this set. But yeah, we're going to run this set. But if something happens, here's what you have to do. Um, and then it just becomes instincts to, to play basketball the way it should be played. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, before I move on to the next question, I did want to give a shout out to uh, – one of your assistant coaches, we talked about developing your staff, but you did actually, um, one of your assistant coaches was named as the NA, NAIA uh, Assistant Coach of the Year this year as well. I'll um, give you a chance to give her a shout out as well. She's, she's, she is a bundle of energy. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> saying it lightly. Um, yeah, Vicki is, uh, she's, got, she's Greek, and she's got a lot of Greek passion in her. Um, we were teammates over in Greece for a year, teammates in Spain. Um, so that's a lot of where our, our European style comes from, but she's just been incredible to, to our staff. And I think once I learned to, to really just let her take over quite a bit, um, it took, it took pressure off my plate just to focus on the team and the, she's in charge of individual player development and individual, um, scout, you know, she, if, if a kid scratches her right arm with her left hand, like our kids are going to know it. It's just because her attention detail um, she's a she's a lot of the reason why we why we win a lot of games. If if you feel like you're listening to top of Scott and Todd and I's heads right now as you're talking about delegating and trusting your staff, you're talking to three control freaks. Todd's Todd's not as bad as Scott and I are, but um, there's a lot of stuff in there for us. I know me personally, uh, just to be constantly reminded of. So thanks for reminding us of that building that trust up. 
you talked a bit about the coaches you've worked with. Um, maybe just along the way, who have been some key mentors in your life? You talked about some of the coaches you've been with that, that taught you the game, but maybe some other areas of your life, or just um, mentors you've had along the way in your journey um, and, and what lifelong lessons you've learned that now you take advantage of. Yeah, I, easily. Um, two that I, I played for at Purdue, uh, Christy Curry, she recruited me to Purdue, um, and now she's at Alabama. She left my senior year for a job at Texas Tech. Um, and I just, I remember how heartbroken I was when she did leave, but I understood, now I understand that, hey, it's a business and you got to take care of your family. Um, and then the other coach was, is still the head coach at, at Purdue, and she, uh, she coached me my senior year in Sharon Bursett, but those two, I feel like I could pick up the phone at any minute and call them uh, for absolutely anything. Uh, we've had some some things happen within our team. We had a kid get sick um, over in England. Um, she was studying over in England for, for two weeks. We had a kid get sick um, and, and needed to have surgery over, over there. And um, I remember picking up the phone at four in the morning and calling Coach Curry and she answered the phone. Mm. Um, and, you know, I just, I was kind of looking for this little piece of advice and she didn't have to say anything, but I could hear her voice. And I was on a flight at 7.30 in the morning to, to fly to England to, to stay with my kid for two weeks over there. Um, and I just, I think those are the things that I want to do as a coach. I want to make sure that no matter what happens in something, one of my kids' lives, that they can pick up the phone and call me at any time of the day because they trust and know that I'm, I'm going to be there and I'm going to have their back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's what those two coach Curry and coach mm-hmm. Versa have taught me. Winning is great. Awesome. You know, but that's not the ultimate job. Our, our job is to make sure these kids feel loved, um, have great success in the classroom and are ready for, for life. Uh, when, when basketball says it's time to hang it up. Mm. Great. So, Katie, this is Scott again. If you could go back and talk to young Katie Geralds that's just starting out, not doesn't know anything, knowing what you know now, would you go back and tell yourself as a young player and as a young coach? Um, as a young player, I think I would say I would go back and tell myself, don't be so hard to coach. Don't be so hard to coach. Um, you know, don't be so stubborn trust what they're saying to you, um, respect what they're saying to you. Not that I didn't respect what they were saying to me, but I know, I'm sure. I, I say, I've had some kids that have some of my best players and ones I'll still go to dinner with to, to the day. I, I, I tell them, God is getting me back because <laughs> I know that this is what I was like <laughs> to my coach. You know, whether it was a turn of the back and an eye roll or, you know, mm-hmm. mumble under your breath. And, and I didn't mean anything disrespectful. It's just the competitor in you. And I know I've had a couple kids that I just tell them, like, God is definitely getting me back here. But I think that's probably what I would say. I just go back and um, I, I think I always tried to, like, just embrace every moment. But, to, you know, to probably just, you know, be, be easier to coach and then really savor the moments um, and the memories that you're making. Because... Uh, I mean, obviously, with, with COVID-19, you never know when it's going to be your last day. But in high school, we're just living this carefree life that 
if we think everything is going to be okay the next day and it's it's really not um it's 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 not always promised that way so i think that's what i would tell myself as a as a young kid and then as a young coach i i would tell myself to slow down uh slow down and, and respect uh the process i want it to be great right away um and obviously that didn't happen and i probably missed some some opportunities to enjoy that process of, of becoming becoming good um and then and then i've, I've learned i i wanted i wouldn't want myself to know on day one to to trust the the people and the staff around me um more so than i did um than i did early on mm-hmm. so, thank you all right so katie we give our guests, you just got question number one that we give everybody, okay? It's kind of what you'd learn, what you go back to your, your old self. The second one is this. What is your why? When your feet hit the ground in the morning, what gets you going? Why do you go do what you do? Oh, man. I, I do what I do to help mold young student athletes into becoming strong, powerful, independent women um, that are going to make a name and, a, and, and have their voice heard. I think that's definitely my why. Um, people ask me all the time, when are you leaving Marion? When are you going Division One? Why don't you want to be this Power 5 coach? I think the opportunity we have at this level at the NAI level to truly impact young women um, is greater here than it is at that level. And I think it's simply because we're allowed, I just feel like our, we're allowed to have a little bit more of a relationship um, spiritually, intellectually, personally, um, than, than some of those, those D1 coaches are. Um, because of the rules, you know, it's not their fault. The rules are set um, at that level. And the opportunity I think I have to, to be where I am right now um, and inspire. Um, and I think the big, the biggest thing for us as, as coaches, yes, we want to win games, but we want to make sure these kids are, are ready for, for life. Um, and, and make sure they, they know that their voice can be heard in our world. Um, in, in, a, in a time where the world is starting to change and, you know, we have a woman running for president, that, that didn't happen years ago. And now to, 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 to help them understand that, hey, we can be great as, as women and it, it is our time to, to lead the world and to help lead the world where, um, you know, where, where, where we should be going. Um, the funny thing is it, Vicky at my Greek assistant, she, in Greece, they always say, you know, the man is the head of the house, but the woman is the neck and that, that, that mm-hmm. <laughs> the head is not moving if the neck doesn't move. And, um, you know, we just, we, we, we really want to inspire them to, to make sure that, they, they can be strong and independent um, and, and, and have a voice in, in the world. Fantastic. Thank you. Hey, Katie. 
I, I want both of my daughters to play for you. <laughs> Sign them up. <laughs> yeah, you guys, Todd and Scott, you can see here through this. Um, I said she's been my gym three or four times for about an hour and a half to two hours each time, but you can see how quickly um, you recognize that, 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 Coach, you're somebody special who's in this for the right reasons and, and playing the long game um, with basketball as your platform to build people. So I uh, really appreciate your time. And Todd and Scott, I guess I, I told you you'd see it pretty fast or hear it pretty quick with her. Yeah. Um, so you talked about this a little bit um, when you were talking about giving your your – your young coaching self, the advice to slow down a bit. Um, and I, um, it's something I know I'm in a, I've been in a season of reflection. I talked about that the last couple of weeks on our show. Um, you know, you, you go a thousand miles an hour and you just keep doing it season after season after season. At some point in time, you got to step back and, and hit the brakes and say, wait a minute and refresh and recharge. Um, Cause as leaders, uh, you as a coach, us as ADs, uh, we're, 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 I say aggressive, but we're, we get after it. Um, you know, you hit the ground running. So when you sit back and reflect, what, what is it about basketball? What is it about coaching? What, what is it that brings joy to you when you step back from it? Well, I, I think to me, it's, it's probably purely competition. Uh, the, I think we're all innate to be competitors. Right. We all, you know, whether it's, how do I be better than I was yesterday? How do I do better than I was yesterday? How do I help my team be better than we were the day before? Um, I think that's, that's where, that's where the joy comes for, for me in basketball. Basketball is this game where you, you can't do it by yourself. You got to have people around you. Um, you, you got to play both sides of the ball. Um, you know, in, in, in football, you, your quarterback you can't you can't stop you can you know you, you're not playing middle linebacker on the other side of the ball or uh, you know you got to have both sides there but in, in basketball you got to do both and I think that's that's what um when I learned to, to slow down as a leader it's how do I do how do I do that right how do I push forward push forward push forward but then slow back and sit down and, and, and stop and reflect and enjoy really truly enjoy what I'm doing um I think I had a coach my second year and I asked him how did he, he'd been coaching for a long time. How do, how did he handle losses? Cause I, that first year going 16 and 16, man, I was not fun to be around. <laughs> um, you know, you just say, Katie, you're going to lose, right? You, you got to be able to close your, not close your eyes and right. Play the game in your head and, and, and you know, think about all the mistakes, but you got to also be able to sit down and, and understand that, you should, you need to be able to sleep and get, get the rest, but that's losing a basketball game is not why we're doing what we're doing. Um, and, and I think as coaches and administrators, we've got to understand that. Yeah, we want to win because we're all competitors and being the best is, you know, our own way of showing, showing us all how good we are. Um, and not necessarily to other people, but showing ourselves how, how truly good we are. Um, but then this, when he told me that, uh, then I learned, okay, I lost, right? Let's, let's grow from it. How do we grow from it? And then that's the, the slowing down and, and, and appreciating and joy. Like it's okay to lose, right? Winning is great, but you learn the most about yourself after a loss and how you respond to, to getting knocked down. Um, 
you know, it's, we're, we're all going to get knocked down, but how quickly we get up, how quickly we recover, how quickly um, we lean on, on someone else to grab us, or how quickly we bend down to grab somebody else when they're knocked down. I think that's the joy of, of basketball because you can't do it alone and, and just making sure you're, you're a great teammate um, or a great coach or a great administrator, whatever it is, um, you, you can't do it alone and you, you got to be able to, to lean on people and inspire them to, to help them be great. Good stuff. Um, so, hey, as we as we wrap this up, um, a lot of times we'll, we'll usually try to take the closing thought of the day, and maybe Todd will jump in and, and wrap us up at the end here, but we've got you on here, Coach, and um, just wanted to give you a chance to have a closing thought. Uh, keep in mind, our, you know, our audience is primarily high school ADs. That's who's listening to us out there. Just some final thoughts you've got on – Anything you want to share with us? Sky's the limit, whatever. Not one of our questions, but what what, what message would you have for us? Oof, man. Live life um, and enjoy it. I think, we, you know, we talked about it earlier about, you know, the the opportunities you have right now with the, the, the free – Every, everything's free right now. Coaches are showing you how to, to be leaders, like live it, right? Own it. Like, but live life and enjoy it. I think, I don't know that there's a day that I don't get told I smile too much, right? Like, mm-hmm. but, but here we are, we, we get this opportunity to live life and not everybody, especially in other countries in the world, truly get to live the American dream. And we have been given so many opportunities to inspire, to, to dream, to be great at whatever it is. And I think enjoying life and just truly living it. I mean, obviously we're all, we're all quarantined right now and in our house, but that doesn't mean we can't live life to the fullest and reach out to the people we love and get closer to the people we love and become better at what we want to be. Um, there's too many uh, too many media outlets out there, too many things online for us to, to become better. Um, I, I love life. I love coaching. I love everything about um, waking up in the morning and understanding that my my why is, is why I'm here. Um, and I think that's if I if, if it's one thing, it's it's live life and, and make sure you look back at the end of the day and say, I had a good day or I did I did something um, that that made myself better or or I helped someone else along the way today. Because um, I mean, you never know when when it's going to be the the last day we get to be here. Yeah, great stuff. Well, Katie. Uh, Coach, man, it's been a blessing, and uh, we're better uh, after the last hour we've spent with you. And just want to thank you. Uh, you're going to get a lot more followers from Marion in uh, University basketball. We'll be following you now for sure. Uh, yeah, we're uh, we'll be big fans uh, back here in Iowa, cheering for you when when things get back to whatever the normal will be. So uh, it's uh, been great to have you. Thank you for your wisdom and and sharing with us for sure. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. It's uh, been fun to chat with you guys. Um, Stay well, stay healthy. Um, 
like you said, when the new norm hits, uh, we'll, we'll get through it and uh, we'll figure out what that is. So. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I want to leave. I'm just going to leave with one story. And it's one that John Maxwell told today. Um, he was playing golf with Tom Watson uh, a while back. And he said, Tom Watson said, you know, there's probably only five tournaments I went into where I knew I was going to win. My swing was so good. I was on top of my game and I just knew I was going to win. The other tournaments, he said, I had to adjust my way to victory. And one of the things I think we do so well as coaches, as ADs, administrators, and that's why we, I think we're called to be leaders right now in this time, um, because we adapt. That's our whole day is adapting. And, uh, you know, Tom Watson said he would, he would have to, you know, after round two, he said, man, my swing wasn't good. I'd go to the range or I'd have to get on the putting green. And I had to adapt. I had to figure out ways to find victory. And, uh, you know, that's what we're doing right now. And that's the great opportunity we have. We have to adjust our way to victory right now. And we have to teach our kids. We have to teach our coaches. Whatever the case, whoever we're leading might be our family. But we have to adjust to victory. And we've got to find a way to be better through this and to get those that are following us um, and that we're leading, get them there too. So uh, keep adjusting, keep adapting, uh, keep being leaders in your community, wherever your community is, and uh, keep leading. And uh, I want to thank you again, Katie, for coming on. Scott, good to see you. Aaron, good to see you. Uh, we'll see you again this week on a couple calls as well. And I look forward to connecting next week again on the podcast again. So thanks to everybody. Thanks again to our sponsor, Hometown Ticketing. Uh, be well, everyone. And most of all, be blessed.